Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Slow travel, taking your time in destinations and countries is more popular than ever with long-term and full-time travelers. And when I thought about doing an episode on the top five countries to spend quality time in, I couldn't think of a more perfect guest than Derek Barron. Known by many as Wandering Earl, he has been traveling the world nonstop since 1998. In case you're counting, that's almost 8,000 days on the road. Derek is the founder of WanderingEarl.com, an immensely popular travel blog. He has a wonderful travel newsletter, and he also runs Wandering Earl Tours, unique local small group tours to countries around the world. Here is a clip from today's interview of Derek explaining how he defines quality time destinations for travelers and his methodology behind the destination list you'll hear today. One of the main things when I thought about quality time is... A lot of it has to do with the ease of plugging into some community, whether there happens to be a lot of uh, digital nomads or just an easy place even to connect, you know, to connect with local people and to, and to build a community relatively quickly. And then I looked at, you know, quality of life, just a place where you can, doesn't take a ton of adjustment. Let's put it that way, where you can show up and relatively quickly feel comfortable, get into a routine and, and whatever it is that you do, whatever it is you want to do for, hobbies, personal life versus also just being able to have the setup you need for work. Everything is, is just relatively easy to, to start a more, more settled life. I'm so excited to dive into this list of countries he put together for you today. In this episode, you'll also discover the best country to easily make friends with locals, some advice for building relationships while traveling, tips on finding housing abroad, from Derek's over two decades of travel experience, how to define and honor shifting values when traveling long-term, advice for building relationships on the road, and much more. Plus, I'm going to go ahead and expand this list by one destination. I want to share a place that I'd go back to in a heartbeat to spend some serious quality time right now if I had to pick just one I'm going to share my pick for you today. All of that and much more happening in this episode right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. 
Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Welcome, my friends. I hope this episode finds you well. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed yet, I'm not sure if you're a new listener, if you've been around for a while, be sure to subscribe, especially if you like destination episodes. I just want to give you a heads up that we've got a lot of destination episodes coming your way. Of course, the beginning of the year, always a great time to consider your travel goals and some places you might want to go. So I'm going to share with you some of the trending spots, some great destinations for getting off the beaten track, top spots for remote work, and plenty more. It's all coming in a destination-themed month to kick off the new year. So be sure to tune in. And when I uh, thought about recording a themed episode around quality time, spending quality time in a place, which I think is such a valuable thing, sometimes you're in the mode where you want to just explore and be on the move like crazy. And other times, it's nice to just settle into a place. You learn about the nuances of a culture, become part of a local community. And where are some of the best places around the world to do that? I had to ask somebody who has been on the road for a while and Derek was the perfect guest, as I mentioned at the top. So he is going to bring you a pretty incredible list, I thought, and share some of the thoughts around each of these countries. Of course, stick around on the back end. I'm going to share my one pick to expand this list just a bit, and I'll leave you with a quote as well. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this list that Derek put together for you today. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. I'm excited to be here with you today, man, with Derek Barron. He is uh, from WanderingEarl.com, writes an awesome travel newsletter that goes out each week. So I encourage everybody to hop on his email list if you are not on it. Got a great roundup there, a little guessing game with a, a photo and all kinds of cool stuff going on. Been on the road since 1999, and I'm looking at your website now. So that equals, as of today, time of recording, 7,800 and 28 days on the road. And I know you just got to Portugal, man, and it's even updated on your website. So I know this is all up to date. So anyway, man, welcome back to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. It's great to be here again. Yeah, well, I've been wanting to catch up with you. And I'm like, you know, we're probably just going to jump on and have the conversation we would have anyway. We just happen to be recording it and sharing it with everybody, which is cool. You have a lot going on. And I know today's theme, we're going to get into some of your recommendations about the the top sort of I, all right it sounds a little dramatic to say the top 5 but you know there is a list element to this which is always fun i do not know the list in advance but that's what makes it interesting i think for everybody cuz uh, you're going to share five countries that or, or five places i'm not sure what you put together that uh, are places that you see as places to spend some good quality time as a traveler or a slow mad or whatever you want to call it I want to get into that, but I wanted to kind of hear what's going on with you, man. You, you talked about it a little bit and it sounds like you were thinking about settling down and, and, and maybe I'm sensing like a little, a little burnout uh, in some ways. 
it's it's tough. It's it's hard to do this for so long, run a business and travel and coming off a pandemic and everything. I mean, which is still who knows what's going to go on with that. Yeah, I mean, I guess let's start there. You don't have a home base, like like you said. I mean, yeah, at the moment I don't. Before COVID, I, I was in uh, Valencia in Spain, but uh, even then, it was only for about seven months before before COVID hit, and I was outside the country and couldn't go back. So, yeah, I haven't had a home base for quite a while. It's been amazing, obviously. So there's there's definitely benefits to it, but it's def- also getting to the point where you know I, I need to have a base. I'm I'm missing quite a lot uh, of things. Partly community aspect of, of this, which is probably the most difficult. I still love the travel. I don't mind the bouncing around. It's really just uh, missing out on on having a, a you know a more proper community to uh, to spend time with and, and invest in. And I think that's the part that uh, that gets the most difficult. Uh, the more you do travel, and that's kind of the stage where I'm at right now. Is I've needed the community for a while and get it in little bits and pieces, but now I'm at the point where. I need the community. Like I need the community. I need to invest in a place and and actually, yeah, just be part of an actual, you know, social group. Um, more than than a week at a time. So I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. And um, you know, I still have some bouncing around to do. I do have the, the tour company, so I do have some tours that I'll be leading uh, this year. So I'm still going to Morocco in a couple of weeks, uh, for example. But, um, but yeah, but look forward to it next year. I actually will have uh, an opportunity to. Go somewhere and and pick a place, and actually, I'll probably use something off my own list that I'll share later. Uh, and uh, and actually, yeah, I don't want to say settle permanently, but you know, just slow down and actually be around people that I'll see quite often, and, and start to invest in that community. So I'm looking forward to that big time. Yeah, man. Uh, of course, as a longtime nomad, you don't want to say settle permanently because that's too scary to think, right? <laughs> no, man. I'm I'm really happy for you. Actually, when you when you announced that, and yeah, I just caught wind of that and you know we haven't talked about it but it's a big decision when i was nomadic that was a little bit right around where you started and i remember that feeling at the end of a decade and now you're a decade beyond that you know i mean (laughs) have you had that feeling throughout your years at different times but just never acted on it like what's different this time yeah, I think, you know, when I was just a little bit younger, it was okay to go to a place like uh, Chiang Mai or you know, somewhere applied on Cairo, Mexico, places where people are hanging out and I could go there and after a month or so or two months hang out with people and I felt, oh, that was great. I got what I needed. And then I was just had this energy to, I need to go somewhere new. I need to get back on the road. And I think just that, that balance shifts over time because it does take its toll a little bit more. I mean, I'm flying quite often and, and just packing up and going and, you know, all those little things, uh, living out of my suitcase, things like that start to just take more of a toll as time goes on. And eventually you kind of, you know, I've seen quite a lot of the world and also the balance there is where I'm quite satisfied with, with what I've seen. I don't have that same burning hunger to, that I had in the beginning when I hadn't seen so much of the world, um, you know, for travel. So just the balance shifts and, uh, the importance of spending time with, with quality people and, and having that community just moves up in terms of priorities and, um, those other aspects such as wanting to see new places and just that excitement of constantly being on the road, that kind of decreases a bit. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the stage where I'm at, where I think the community part might have taken over at this point. And um, that's, that's where the shift comes from. Yeah. I mean, I think we're around the same age. Part of that I think is, like you said, you just, you have the experience and when, 
when some of that newness starts to become routine, you're not getting that same feeling and you're you're longing more for that community aspect. It's not like a no-brainer still, right? It's still a bit of a struggle. Uh, totally. Well, also, you know, there's another layer to this, I think, because your brand, whatever you want to call it, your business or whatever what you've built, you know, Wandering Earl. Personally, I think that it's totally cool. I remember when I kind of was settling down and when I started Zero to Travel, I'm like, but I'm not nomadic anymore. Like, who should I should I be the one to talk about this? And it's like, well, actually, I have like a lot more time to serve people in a certain way. And and there's a benefit to that contentedness of it's not like you're like, oh, well, I've seen enough. You never have to travel again. But it's like you're content. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, <laughs> I'm just I, exactly. I'm content. And, you know, and I do go to places. I went to some new places in the last couple of months, you know, and, and it was amazing. It was wonderful. It was super rewarding. But I was happy with the experience. And it's not like I felt like oh, I need to keep keep this going. Like my immediate reaction afterwards was that was great. Now I need to go be around people and, you know, and, and, and again, that community. So it's not easy though, because it's also, it's what I've been doing for 20 years. So I do get that, you know, if I have a, a week where, you know, just a crappy week or something, and maybe I'm here in Lisbon where I do know a lot of people, but for whatever reason, things don't work out. I don't meet a lot of people that week. I just, just people's schedules or whatever. I notice that my immediate instinct is like, well, I could fly somewhere next week and go, where I know people in Berlin or something. So that's, it's always there, that constant just pack up and go, which is what I've been basically doing for 20 years. And uh, I'm trying to, to fight back against that to realize you just need to stay put. Just need to stay put. You can't just pack up and go every time uh, things don't feel right. And uh, I think that's, that's also the shift that I'm having, which I'm getting much better at now saying, okay, I'm just staying here. I am staying here. I'm not going to pack up and go if, if I get bored or if, have a crappy week. Like I got to stay here. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, that's, that's basically what I've been doing for 20 years. So that's where I'm at trying to train myself to, uh, just stay. That's how you invest in a community. Just stay. Yeah. I, I don't think it sounds ridiculous at all, man. I think that's like a really important part of the process is, is like sitting with it. Isn't that one of the hard things? And I don't want to make this like a seem like a therapy session or something. I'm not trying to play armchair psychologist here, but like, I do feel like there's those times where, well, you know, you're sad or whatever, like big changes. And well, we all know with smartphones in our pocket, right? It's not that easy to sit with sadness or sit with like, in some cases, identity shifts depending on the day or how you're, you're seeing things. And is there any of that struggle for you? Like, well, if I'm not traveling around and like a nomad or whatever, then like, what does it mean? Or who am I in this situation? Or uh, are you just kind of past that where you're just like, yeah, I'm past that. I think I, I'm just, I'm really just working on defining for myself what I want the next stage to look like and, and, and what path I want to, I want to create and realizing that I have to kind of forget about, I can't hold on to that stuff because things change, you know, a big time. Uh, I am not that person from, 18 years ago, say, or even five years ago where I was bouncing around really like intensely. I mean, even from then to now is, is quite a difference. So yeah, I think it's just about, uh, you know, just constantly reflecting and trying to figure out uh, what do I want now? What do I want at this next stage? And forcing myself out of some of those other habits to, to make sure that I, you know, that I do go in that direction and don't get stuck in that. Well, I am a nomad. I got to keep bouncing around. I got to, 
you know, I have to do these things because it is, it's very easy to, to fall back on that. Um, a lot of my friends also, they, they're still doing it or they're, you know, just have started doing it. So they, they bounce around quite a bit. So it's easy to, oh, you're going there. I'll go there. You know, I'm, you know, but I'm just trying to break free of that, focus on, on work in a, in a different way that doesn't tie me to that as well, trying to shift, you know, work, uh, so that, uh, it is not tied to that person that, you know, constant nomad because life changes. I need to change. I've changed already. So work needs to change with it. And, and the idea is to just make a whole, whole proper shift. The changes are always happening, but sometimes they're hard to recognize in real time. I feel like uh, sometimes until well, you for sure. breaking point and you're like, ah, something's got to change, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I actually had a few years ago, just before COVID quite a bit of to the point of burnout because I was so confused. I was at a point just super confused as to, I, I knew I felt that I had to go in a little bit different, you know, direction, but I just couldn't figure out how to even take the first step. So I knew something was changing, but I didn't do anything about it. And I just kept building up, building up, building up. And, and yeah, it was actually a pretty tough time. Honestly, COVID in my ironically helped me quite a bit because I, I got stuck in Bali for seven months. I had arrived and then they closed the island for couldn't get off the island so that actually was quite helpful in the end because i had no choice but to stay put for seven months and that for the first time in almost pretty much 20 years so that helped me really figure out what i needed who i am right now and uh, what direction i need to take and since then it's it's been been quite a different experience yeah i'm sure that wasn't like the worst place to get stuck it was right. not terrible. It was not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm stuck. Yeah, it was just the initial shock of like, what? You're closing the island, so no, no flights, no boats. So we're like, huh. But then, uh, yeah, that lasted for about an hour. We're like, huh, we are in Bali, so that's okay. Isn't it funny <laughs> how much has changed around travel? And when I was nomading early on, like you know, we both starting late '90s and all, like. Who would have ever thought that being a nomad would have been like a valuable skill to know? Or like, because basically everybody was just telling me, you know, when am I going to settle down and like be normal? Right. (laughs) You know, now it turns out apparently this is the the new normal all along. (laughs) (laughs) We knew it all along. (laughs) (laughs) We were just weirdos who happened to, uh, you know, fall into it or we're just following our passions i guess and it worked on the end but no i think it's funny like did you ever think that being nomadic would become a popular like sort of almost mainstream thing and i could say that well oh we're just in this bubble and we think it's mainstream but i don't think anymore now like you're seeing digital nomad and all these terms you see it in major media like people are talking about it it's a legitimate trend that's growing remote work and all all of that stuff No, I know. I would have never, because back then I couldn't even comprehend the idea that you could actually work, obviously, because beyond teaching English or, you know, or doing some of these working at a hostel, I, I couldn't comprehend that there were other opportunities because nobody was working online, basically, in the beginning. So, and even when that happened, yeah, it didn't seem, I think because, I don't know about you, but I had been doing it, even when people started working online a lot more, I had already been doing it for you know, say 10 years, 10 plus years. And it still seemed like at that point, I guess I was starting to experience some of the challenges and negative aspects of the life as what well, lifestyle as well, the constant bounce around, not seeing close friends, you know, not having that community, all that. 
So in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this surely can't be something that's that's going to take off because, I mean, how about all this? You can't have hundreds of thousands of people out there bouncing around and, and not seeing their family, friends, you know, living out of suitcases. Or I, I, it made no sense to me because people would always say, oh, I wish I could do what you're doing. And my response was always like, well, think about it first because I can, I can guarantee you if we have a half an hour talk about it, you probably won't want to do it when you, you know, because there's a lot of aspects that people don't see that are not so appealing. Yeah, I guess so. I thought that there's no way that it could take off because who would want to live out of their suitcase as well for, and just bounce around and have no home and not have a community? And, you know, that was kind of my initial thing. But I guess I was wrong with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in Lisbon and, and yesterday, for example, I went to a digital nomad meetup and it was 300, 300 people there. I mean, absolutely packed. I mean, it was almost too many, you know, and I was like, whoa, this is, yeah, I guess it happened. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you just sharing all this because of course it can get glamorized online like anything, but that's why I think these stories are important to share and just being honest with our feelings because anything you do, you're, you're giving up something else, right? Like there's no, there's no thing you're going to pick that is just like all upsides and no downsides, right? There's always like sort of it's opportunity cost, right? In this case, yeah. I mean, does a passion for travel like win out over some of the downsides? I mean, clearly for, for you, I'd say it did for, a long time. Well, I wanted to ask you because now you're in this in-between phase or it sounds like, you know, you're you're still traveling but then you get you go to like a place like Portugal here and you go to this meetup and you get plugged in. So there is the community aspect and what I hear people talking about in the nomad community is the community is important, so people want to get plugged into the communities as they travel. This idea that can those sort of roaming communities be a substitute for a local community. Well, so that's interesting because I think uh, I've had some conversations since I've been in Lisbon already about this. Uh, and what I'm seeing is it's clear across the board. People's travel decisions from this digital nomad community are 100% based on where their friends are going. That's it. People are going, so people out here in Lisbon are talking about going to Thailand for the winter. They're only talking about going to Thailand because one person said, I'm going to Thailand. And everybody else, well, then I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm like, they've probably been to Thailand. They have really no interest in, in it as a travel destination. They're literally going there because their friends are going. So I'm finding that to be quite, quite fascinating that uh, that is the sole reason. So this, I think it can happen. And what you see here is like small groups of people, say up to 10 people who are doing, say, Lisbon six months, Southeast Asia six months together. So in that sense, it can work. If you don't have, if you're not plugged into one of those solid communities that is kind of traveling together, then it's very difficult because even if you know a couple people, but then most of the people are new and you go, say, from Lisbon to Thailand, there's a lot of effort involved to then invest and to have people gain the trust and to actually build friendships. And by the time you do it, you're now ready to go back to Lisbon and do it again. So that's a bit tr tricky. But now I'm starting to see these actual solid communities of people who are, say, uh, 10 people or even a little bit more who are, you know, going to the same places on purpose. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nomad Base. Um, yeah, so I was just talking with the founder uh, yesterday. And I mean, that's his concept is that he's setting up locations around the world where a larger group of people can come for X amount of time. Let's all hang out in Mexico. Let's all hang out in South Africa. Let's all, the idea is to build a little bit more solid of a community despite all the 
coming and going. Yeah. Based on your decision, I guess it's that isn't really what you're looking for. Maybe we could say not enough for you in, in some ways. I, I just can you just that personally? I've just been doing it too long yeah, because right. I, I think just the travel aspect is just getting on a plane and bouncing around is just becomes less and less appealing. So yeah, I think it just just comes from that is that uh, I, I'm trying to slow down where they trying to still bounce around, see some places with their friends where where that which is great. But uh, yeah, for me, I just yeah, I think it's just been 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 too long of doing that that I, I really need something a little bit more more solid um, and. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's just just the stage where I'm at. Um, also, probably on average age, a little bit older than a lot of the obviously newer digital nomads. So you know, it just comes down to I think just the, I've had the travel experience already, and I've done a lot of that stuff. That um, it's not as appealing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I think we should leave for the end some of the places you're considering because that'll be a fun fun thing to hear. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now let's get back to the show. A huge advantage, to say the least, of traveling around for so many years is that now you get to handpick a place that sort of combines the things that you love that maybe you see as your ideal community, that's exciting. You've spent so much quality time in so many places. And I think for you specifically, just have 
followed your work for so long and you've always been at the frontier of, of some of these places, I think, you know, in terms of them being places that maybe not a lot of people were traveling to and, and they've, the, the travel trend has gone up over time to some of these places. So I know that you've spent time in a lot of places that were, you know, we could say off the beaten path, I guess, for lack of a better term, maybe more on the beaten path now. So you have a, like a wide range of things to choose from here. And you talked about the nomad communities sort of running around and finding places where they can stick together, whether you're mm-hmm. like considering that or maybe just like some time abroad or you just want to slow travel for a bit. That's why I wanted to hear this list from you, these top five countries to spend quality time in because you know this can benefit a wide range of people. And I think it'd be cool, different way to look at some destinations. And I, I guess I just wanted to hear how you would define quality time just to kind of like put some context around it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honestly, one of the main things when I think when I thought about quality time is a lot of it has to do with the ease of plugging into some community, right? Yeah, okay. uh, whether it's whether there happens to be a lot of uh, digital nomads or just an easy place even to connect, you know, to connect with local people and to, and to build a community relatively quickly. That was definitely... Um, and then, and then I looked at, you know, quality of life, just a place where you can, doesn't take a ton of adjustment. Let's put it that way, where you can show up and relatively quickly feel comfortable, get into a routine and, and whatever it is that you do, whatever it is you want to do for, you know, hobbies, personal life versus also just being able to have the setup you need for work. Everything is, is just relatively easy to, you know, just to, to start a more, more settled life. Let's put it that way. Um, that's kind of, kind of the idea. Cool. Is this like a countdown thing? Are we going five to one or? Uh, I didn't put them in any particular order. Okay. But, uh, I can. Give me a second. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you know, Hey, we all know these lists, you know, they could change in an hour. Yeah. So we just, we'll just preface. Okay. Well, I'll start (laughs) with five then. Uh, for number five, I, I do put Mexico. Um, mainly because it is a place that uh, you can get you get into very easily. Has a ton of people that you can that you can hang out. There's all kinds of communities, regardless of, of um, you know what you're into. And there's also such a variety of destinations. So whether you like beach, mountains, big city, small towns, there's all of those kind of options where other people are living, and um, it just offers a diversity that's pretty pretty hard to beat. I would say. Um, especially for U.S. travelers, also for U.S. citizens, it's quite easy just because it's, you know, a lot of people either want, don't want to leave, go far from friends and family, or they're not allowed to because of work. For example, time zone is definitely, and even for me, I've, I've lived in, in Playa del Carmen over the years several times. And, and uh, yeah, it's always been, always been a very positive experience uh, just to, yeah, just to get there and, and settle in. Is that your go-to place if you're going to go to Mexico? Is that one of your... Uh, if I'm looking for community, yes. I would say also now uh, I'm quite fascinated by the current um, popularity of like Puerto Vallarta, which I oddly enough went to like way back 15 years ago when there weren't that many foreigners living there. And now it's starting to get a lot of the Playa del Carmen crowd is now moving over to Puerto Vallarta um, and yeah, starting to gain in popularity. So that might be an interesting place to, to check out as well. Um, obviously on the Pacific coast and uh, yeah, has its airport that you can fly into. So pretty easy. 
and also uh, people my friends who are there are quite quite happy with that with the experience so yeah uh, the time zone consideration could be a huge one for some people listening too right I, I can tell you that I had to make some personal changes with my business stuff just because being based in Europe is so challenging with nighttime zoom calls and things like that and yeah uh, for sure and I know a lot of the like bigger companies for example in the US that are allowing their remote workers to go overseas they are they are not allowing them to go I mean you have to be within say one one hour difference so I mean I think that's part of the reason why Platinum Current did become so popular over the last couple of years because there were so many people from these larger companies that were coming down and they had they had to be in Central America basically and it's hard to beat the lifestyle in Mexico yeah. Yeah. I talked to a couple recently and the the gal was working for somebody who was, she was making her work scheduled hours, you know, the regularly scheduled hours, but they were in Thailand. So they had this crazy schedule. She was working till like four in the morning or something and then sleep. I just can't imagine doing that on a day-to-day basis. So that's- and that's the thing. You have to take that into consideration. Like, you know, I think a lot of people, they look at the travel aspect and it sounds sexy. So it's like, oh, that's no problem. It's totally worth it to work until four in the morning or something. But then when you put that into practice, yeah, no, that's... Uh, if you don't mind pounding coffee at midnight and yeah. you're staying up all night, then maybe that's your jam. But- totally being messed up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's always challenges that sound okay, but are usually a little bit more difficult to, uh, yeah. Right. Handle. Fun fact, I got food poisoning on the way to the airport in Playa del Carmen. That was fun. Oh, yeah? On the way to the airport? <laughs> yes. Stopped at this taco stand that nice. I'd eaten nice. at one other time. Dude, in the taxi, my stomach started. I was, I was just like, I was like, no, this, this can't be happening. And it was yeah. a long, long trip to Denver. That's that the worst, wow. worst flight ever. That's a bad, uh, yeah. Oh. That is... Uh, Food poisoning is... Not fun. No, not fun at all. All right. Number five, Mexico. Let's move uh, to... I'll go with number four. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Mauritius. I feel like if Mauritius was in a slightly more convenient location, it would be extremely popular. There is actually a community there. Uh, it's also quite easy if you're in some of the main areas to connect with local people. Uh, it's a very welcoming place. It's quite a tropical paradise yet large enough that it has the capital is will go with a city it's a very small city but it has enough infrastructure uh beautiful beaches you have nature everywhere so you can get out into nature very quickly uh, easy to get around the the island and uh it's it's great food it's becoming it's starting to become on the radar and and uh i love the the month that, that i spent there and um yeah it was uh it was one of those places where I was like, wow, I could, I would spend a lot more time here if, if it obviously was not in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> what is your MO when you, you're going to spend a month or two in a place? Do you do an Airbnb type thing or do you look for local apartments? What do you usually... Uh, it used to be pretty much uh, exclusively Airbnb. I'm kind of moving away from Airbnb. Just, I mean, like a lot of places, once you add up all the fees, it's double the price of the apartment. So it's kind of not as economical anymore. And yeah, I try to find reputable local agents or a little, there's usually some local agencies that have, have a few apartments uh, and you can get some reviews so you know if they're reliable or not and then try to do it that way. So like you might get boots on the ground and book a place for a few days so yeah. you can then go around, meet somebody, 
exactly what I did. Maurice just actually booked a nice guest house uh, in, in one little town and then got there and then sent out some messages to some of the agencies there. Saw it there and, and then there was a town, really beautiful little beach town that, that I wanted to go to. And uh, yeah, we, we contacted the agency and they had an apartment that was yeah perfect and way cheaper than Airbnb. And uh, went, sorry, booked it on the spot. For me, it's been a long time since I've been to a place where I arrive on the bus or train and a bunch of people come up showing me pictures of the- an apartment. <laughs> and then you follow a stranger down yeah. some random alleys and you have totally. no idea where you... <laughs> that used to be how you would choose a hostel. I mean, you know, people waiting at the thing. Well, yeah, with their signs come, we can give you this deal. They're like negotiating with each other to give you the better deal. And it's... Is and it happening anymore in any of these places? I don't see it happening. I no. think it doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think it happens just because uh, it just doesn't matter if you're in the middle of Congo, you can find information of the hostels online and yeah, people just want to book ahead of time. And uh, yeah, I honestly haven't seen it. I remember that. I mean, that was totally how you did it though. That was super fun. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to romanticize it because it was scary sometimes when you're, you know, you're just looking at pictures of a place and you... It might be somebody's apartment or house and a room in their house or whatever. And you're just following somebody you just met at the train station because you're just saying, okay, well, this this looks like a cool place. Let's go with this one. It's just like, it's not like uh, looking at places online. <laughs> no, definitely not. And you just believe it's, and you believe in talking to like a guy who's basically a salesman <laughs> telling you anything, a million things that half aren't true just to get you there. And then it's, then it's too late, right? And, and like, then it's uh, too late. Once you're there, yeah. you're like, well, where am I? Am I going to go yeah. back now? Why are they saying this is 30% more than the, you know, they said it was going to be? I don't know. Now, I generally had good experiences though with it. Yeah, no, not, not, nothing too crazy. I think either for me. <laughs> All I right. I can remember. <laughs> number three. So number three, I will go with, uh, I'll go with Romania on this one. Um, one of my favorites, always one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be number one for you, maybe. <laughs> I didn't put it at number one, mainly because of the winter. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, that's that's its one tricky part. Um, but I still stand by my uh, statement that Romania is the easiest country I've ever been to to make friends with local people, without a doubt, It by far. And I know that's a problem in a lot of places. That, you know, people go... To some of these, to some countries, and and it's very difficult, or people don't put in the effort. Is also another problem um, to connect with actual local people as well. Um, but I will say, Romania, you pretty much just need to show up. And yeah, if you go to any meetups, uh, for example, it's going to have a much higher percentage of Romanians than you will in almost any other country. Like if you go into a digital nomad meetup or something related to travel, something easy to just you know start to dig into the community a lot more Romanians will be there than, than you'll find like local people at, at, in other countries at the similar meetups. So it has everything you need, it has cities of all kinds of size, you know, it's, they're beautiful. All oh, they're all beautiful. You have incredible nature. You have the seaside. Um, it's quite a convenient location because just a, you know, 50 minute flight to Istanbul and you can get anywhere. Um, even progress is becoming now there's, you know, everybody often talks about, uh, food over there but now you have such a variety diversity of food you have vegetarian vegan options everywhere it's just it's becoming uh yeah i mean you pretty much have everything you could possibly need and i, I will always say that uh, if and the winter isn't even that bad these days like you know it's changing everywhere but if it didn't have winter i would think romania would be one of the more popular um, digital nomad hangouts uh, in, in the world i would say 
if uh, and they actually just released the digital nomad visa this year. Um, so they're they're trying to to attract and um, yeah, I, I think part of it for me it's it's on the list because of you can go there and within one week you go to a couple of meetups and you ha- you're plugged into a local community. They're just more open to meeting with foreigners and actually having them become part of their group of friends. That's what I would say uh, more than other places where, you know, it's quite common. You hit a certain age, you have your group of friends. It's much harder for outsiders to tap into that. But yeah, it's understandable, of course, too, from a local perspective, of course, like you, you're, you live in a place where people are passing through all the time and you know, they're going to leave. After yep. so many connections, you might just be like, well, these people just leave. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but there's just something about it. And uh, very smart people over there. You can have really great conversations. And uh, yeah, again, just you can you can find a group of people no matter what you're interested in, in, in Romania. And I think that's that's a huge plus. So that's it's definitely uh, definitely a play, place worth checking out. Yeah. When you're looking to connect with locals in different places, just as general travel advice. I was just wondering, of course, there's the, you know, wander around the, the city and you meet people and, and things like that. But any advice around around that? Because that that's always makes for the most fulfilling travel experiences, of course, when you end up at somebody's house for dinner or, you know, you don't expect those things. But then when they happen, it's it's just, that's some of the most magical moments, I think. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it really comes down to just saying hello to people. But obviously, that's difficult for a lot of people. I mean, I'm an introvert as well. So, I mean, luckily, these days, you just pick any meetup group. that It doesn't even matter if you're just a little bit interested in the topic. You just need to go to one group, one kind of meetup. And there's so many of it. Even in Bucharest, for example, if you take Bucharest, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of meetup groups, whether no matter what you're involved in, just takes, go to one, just go to one. And, uh, I just led a tour there, um, a few weeks ago. And one of the women came early to Bucharest and she went to one of these meetups. And next thing you know, I mean, it was only her second day and she was already hanging around with local people that she met at the meetup, like just like that, literally second day in the country, just from going to one. I honestly don't even know which meetup she went to. She just went to one. And next thing you know, she's, Spent the whole day the next day with a couple local people who showed her around and had that experience just from just from that. So cool. Since you mentioned your tours, let let people know because some of these places I know you run trips and things like that. So give yeah. them give them the skinny. Yeah, well, we do run trips. I mean, that's kind of what I, I turned my blog into a, into a tour company somehow. And um, yeah, <laughs> now we run uh, quite quite a lot of uh, small group trips to yeah, Romania is a big big destination. Istanbul. Uh, Turkey, sorry, and uh, Morocco. We've done trips. We're bringing India back now. Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan. We're even doing a trip next year to uh, Iraq. Um, and uh, yeah, we're doing one to Benin and Togo. So a few few new ones that are that we're offering. And yeah, really cool, unique, small group trips that are all based on my own travels. That's the idea. So it's all my local contacts, my local friends putting together activities that uh, you know. Most tours don't uh, don't do because it's it's literally based on on my contacts, their home villages, and and what they can put together for for, for my guests, and um, it makes makes the trips quite quite unique. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. it it's uh, that that aspect is super fun, and I'm, I'm super happy that it's gone in that in that direction. And 
yeah, if anyone is interested in a very unique uh, small group travel experience, uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, check out what we offer. Yes, we'll certainly link to that wanderingearltours.com. I got to give you some credit here because you're not giving it to yourself. You're like, well, somehow this happened. No, you you put the work in, man. <laughs> You've been working pretty hard to make this happen, I'd say. And no, I think it's it's cool because you've uh, put together some stuff that, like I said, isn't isn't the typical stuff like wandering across Iraq and some of these, you know, places that aren't where every tour company goes. I was going to ask you about running tours as an introvert. You mentioned being introverted or self-identifying as an introvert. How's that experience for you? <laughs> uh, it's funny. I don't know. I, mean, I, I It's okay because uh, I'm an introvert, but I can... I can be an extrovert for, for a period of time. Like I really do enjoy the interaction. So, so I actually do am able to turn myself on, like turn on and just be like, here we go. Uh, and, and enjoy the interactions with the people, you know, the guests on the tour and all my local friends and contacts. So I do it usually though, after, after I lead a tour, I do sleep for about a week and just stay inside. Um, you know, cause it's, it's obviously a lot of interaction, but, um, but no, I, I actually enjoy it. So even though I'm an introvert, I, I, I do come alive for, for these trips because they are also my trips. I, I love the experiences that we put together. I want everyone to, to really, you know, appreciate these countries, these destinations in the way that I have and to, you know, to, to gain something from it in, in similar way to, to me. So, you know, I do come alive for that. And then, um, yeah, then just afterwards I need my, my quiet time. Um, yeah. Well, it's understandable when you're on like that. Yeah, it's tiring in, in a lot of different ways, of course, for any job. Cool. All right. Number two. Number two, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Cyprus. This is an interesting one. This is a good place to spend some quality time. That's how to put it. There's not a ton to do on Cyprus. Let's put it that way. There's some mountains, there's beaches, you can do a lot of uh, kite surfing. But it is one of the most comfortable places for foreigners to just show up and get into a rhythm. It's very welcoming. It's, there is a very nice community in a couple of different uh, towns on the island. Um, I spent some significant time in Larnaca, which is a very small town, but on the beach. It's a great community that meets up once a week. Um, and it was a mix of people who were there short term and a lot of people who were there living long term. The food is incredible. It's just a good, comfortable place. If you need to just... Maybe, maybe you don't want to be as active. You don't need tons of activities around. You don't need, you know, a huge destination where you can constantly take weekend trips. This is a great place to just live a nice, simple, healthy, quiet life and uh, with some good people who are there. And I, I found it very appealing. I found yeah. it very appealing when I was there. Yeah. That's cool. I, uh, based on that description, I was trying to think of their uh, tourism taglines like Cyprus. Not much to do, so just come and relax. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just come and sit. Yes, <laughs> I love that. And it's super welcome. It's also like English is spoken everywhere. You know, main, main language basically, and it's just a. It's just like you literally just have to arrive. Even the airport. I, the airport. If you wanted to, you could walk from the airport into town. I mean, it'll take oh, like forty minutes. That's I mean, pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, it's just everything's very chill. You can easily rent a car and go into the mountains for the day, come back. It's, just, it's so easy. It's so easy. And I think that's, uh, you know, that could be appealing. I, I would say, uh, again, limit, limited activities, but uh, great community and um, yeah, just a nice, healthy, healthy place to live. We'll be back in a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee? 
every day. I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Let's get back to the show. All right. I mean, drum roll, please, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is, a t- this, this is a tough one to choose number one. And, and it's, it's personally, it's coming a lot from my, my personal angle for sure. Sure. Um, in the end, I will... That was interesting. I will say Portugal. Where are you uh, at right now? Yeah. The main reason is, uh, like, if you look at it, there's nothing spectacular about Lisbon that, like, compared to other cities, right? This is how I look at it. It's a great city. It's beautiful. Lots of great food. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a, a beautiful city. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of beautiful cities. But really, if you are looking for a community, you can't beat the community here. It's simple as that. There is no way you can come here. It will take four hours for you to be part of a community. That's it. Like that's, and I think for a lot of people, since that is the biggest factor at the moment, um, or the thing that people miss the most when they're traveling a lot, there is just, there's just no place like this where you can just show up and like go to this meetup that I went to yesterday and 300 people there. And if you wanted to do something, I mean, just from that meetup, I now today I'm going to the beach after this with a group of 10 people. Then there's an event going on tomorrow that I'm joining. There's a wine tasting on Sunday. You know, it's just nonstop activities. And I don't know of any other place that, that can offer that. Um, that can offer that experience. Lovely with country, that, too. It, it's a lovely country, yeah. right? And you can take day trips and you can, I mean, there's endless, endless stuff to explore. And um, so from that standpoint... Is it my favorite country? Not really, um, which is fine, obviously. It's, I don't even know if I have a favorite country. But it's very hard to beat that community and just instantly being plugged into, again, whatever your interests are. You're going to find people here on a scale that is, cannot be found you know, anywhere else. Awesome list. Man, we'll recap it quick. Top five countries. Wandering girl to spend quality time in. Mexico, Mauritius. Romania, Cyprus, and Portugal. 
where you're at now. Love it, man. Thanks for thanks for putting that together for us. Yeah, of course. Be really course. cool to hear that. So, uh, of course, this all leads to the question: Where uh, are you thinking about settling down? <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly enough, uh, so I'm actually working on uh, trying to get my Romanian citizenship, and this wow. is through, her- through heritage. My great grandparents were from from there, and they changed the rules this year so that I would technically be eligible. Wow! Cool. So if I can get that, then I would look at settling in Portugal. Um, that would be that would be ideal. It's just it's very convenient. For me. It has a community. It's ideal for the destinations where I run tours a lot. I say Morocco, Turkey, you know, Romania a lot. Uh, it's very convenient to the U.S. Um, to see family and friends back there. So that that is at the moment my would be my number one uh, number one option. There's Definitely other countries that I would really love to live in, but it just logistically doesn't make sense. It's just not like, I mean, honestly, I would love to live in Mauritius. I, I mean, I'm a big, huge tropical person, beach person, island person. Love it. I would love to live there. It's just, that just doesn't make sense for someone who I, even if I'm not leading tours next year myself, I do need to check. I do check on stuff and, and I do travel still a decent amount. So it's just not just not reasonable but yeah. um, i mean well this is part of the process right you're like weighing all of the the different things the community thing is like the highest priority for you so exactly it makes a lot of sense and then all the logistical stuff that we talked about and everything so it's i, I mean i love i love portugal man i'm i'm glad that you're not too far from norway because we're gonna get you up here yeah. time, we're definitely gonna get up there <laughs> I definitely gotta get up there yeah how are americans received in iraq yeah, not what you'd expect. So uh, very, very welcoming. Uh, so most of the people that I met there and, and pretty much uh, the locals that, that I met, which was a lot, said the same thing. They, they, their view is, first of all, they were very happy that uh, the U.S. came in and took out Saddam. So that was a big positive. They were not so happy with how we handled the situation afterwards. But at the same time, they are beyond thrilled that people are coming to their country now to see their country as a destination. Like they are very proud of that and very happy, open to any visitors who are coming just because they are, you know, they're, they're thrilled that like, and you hear the same thing over and over again, that like we want to get Iraq back to how it was, where it was, you know, very open, very free, very, you know, less corrupt, uh, you know, things like this. That And, and people really, you find, I found this, strong desire from a lot of people to get back to those days and they know that you know having visitors come was was a big part of it so people were super welcome it was crazy like honestly we would be eating in restaurants and local people were coming up all the time like oh well i'll pay for that just just to pay for it i don't know we had a taxi driver you know you make almost nothing as a taxi driver in baghdad taxi driver took us to his favorite falafel place there was three of us so i mean with him was four and he you know was buying us falafel sandwiches and wanted us to try everything. I mean, it's, it was nonstop, nonstop hospitality everywhere we went. It was pretty, pretty wild. It's totally not what you thought. Like even in the evenings, I was hanging out with readers of like local readers of my blog, like Iraqi um, people uh, who were there and, and saw that I was there. We were at, I mean, hardcore hipster cafes in Baghdad. <laughs> Like it's, I mean, even the old town is beautiful. Like it's super nice. The old markets and stuff like that. It's not, it's not some crazy intense place. Like it's, it's pretty chill and, and people super nice. And 
yeah, it was very, uh, it was such a rewarding experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess obviously rewarding enough where you guys, you decided to make this one of your, the places that you yep. spend time and take people yep. and everything yep. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we totally wouldn't take people obviously somewhere if we thought that it was, you know, not a good idea. Let's put it that way. But after extensive research, which we've been doing before I just went as well. And, um, yeah, no, definitely super excited to, to run that trip. Mm. What advice would you give to others about ad- adapting your career or your business in a way that you can keep your travels going? Because you've traveled for so long, you've obviously had to make adjustments and change things up as you go. I'm just curious about your thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, you just, you have to look at, uh, I mean, I, let me use my case, you know, for example, I was running the tours, I was leading all the tours and I realized that that's not a sustainable or even having the blog where it's all about a life of constant travel. Even I knew that was not sustainable and that I was going to do that forever. Um, you know, so my idea was to still do the tours, but maybe seek out some private clients that, that, you know, I could run tours for that. Really, Wandering Earl didn't mean anything that much to them, but the tours that we offered were super cool and unique that they wanted to come on them. And whoever the tour leader might be, you know, and it, it didn't necessarily have to be me. So that was the shift that I made so that, you know, it wasn't so much tied to myself. And I think that's just, that's, that's the advice is there needs to be some separation. Um, what, whatever business you're in, whatever your clients are looking for, they might, they have to get the reward or the benefit from something other than you, the person, you know, it can be partly you person. It can be, you know, I still communicate with people on the tours. And so I'm still playing a role, but that final thing needs to come from something. There has to be something else that is providing them with, you know, the benefit than, than solely you, the person. And that, that'll help you kind of create a little bit of a gap so that, you know, you can remove yourself from the equation if need be, if you decide that, you know, tra- if your business is tied with travel and um, and you want to maybe stop traveling, then I think that's that's just the key, which is it's not a far-fetched idea. I mean, it's, you know, you just provide value. I mean, you provide value to the point where, you know, people want that value regardless of whether, you know, you're the actual person right there in front of them or not. So, yeah. How much of the U.S. culture do you still feel is is in you or do you still identify with? I mean, you're choosing to let, you know, you didn't choose your home country to live in when you talked about. It's a tough one. So the, U- the U.S. is always on the list floating around the background of all the other ones. Only because I think, wow, that's, that would be so weird if I went my entire adult life without ever living in my home country. That, that thought is like stuck in my head. I go there. I go to the U.S. three, four times a year, visit family, friends. I like it. I have a good time. It, it's just usually after a couple of weeks, this just, I still have not been able to pinpoint. I'm just, I'm just ready to go back overseas. And it's not about the travel. It's, there is something else that I'm more comfortable with when I'm, when I'm overseas. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but it's always there. It's always there in the background as a possibility because sometimes, yeah, honestly, sometimes uh, I was joking with a friend uh, yesterday just saying, you know what, at this point, I should just move to like Topeka, Kansas. It doesn't even matter. It just, just move somewhere, get an apartment, you know, just 
get into a community and that's it. Like it doesn't really matter where it is, which is in, in some ways is very true. Um, but there is just something that calls me out of there. I don't know because I honestly enjoy it. Like I have family in New York city. I love it. I'm going there. Uh, friends in Denver, other family in Florida. I mean, I don't, I, it's, I still identify it. I arrive in the U.S. I'm super comfortable from the moment I arrive. I mean, I, I know how everything works, obviously, and uh, I do enjoy it. But then usually after a couple of weeks, like I said, I just uh, there's something I'm like, I enjoy it, but it just doesn't feel right to live in at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, and you, do you have a thing to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I just spent six weeks there almost over the summer in Florida. You know how hot it is in the summer there. Yeah, it's super nice seeing family, but I, I was excited to get back to Norway, actually. And I think it was, I think it's a combination of things. We've had to list out some things. The lifestyle is the main thing, right? I just love being able to, not having to get in a car for everything. I mean, that was the reason why when I was settling down from my nomad days, I picked Boulder or Colorado because I love Colorado. I love the culture there. And I... Uh, it's changed a lot since I, I lived there, so I can't speak to it right now. But uh, the the idea that there's all these bike paths and you can walk or bike places and you don't have to get into a car all the time, it's it's the exception rather than the norm in yeah, the U.S. Sure. And it's just uh, always disappointing <laughs> to, <laughs> to find out that not many of these communities are set up in, in a way that, that makes a lot of sense or really that I think can be sustainable in a lot yeah. of ways it's it sucks you know yeah no i agree because it's not a it's it's i mean the, the demand is there and it, it would be so beneficial and it would it's not that difficult to implement but yeah it's just yeah. there's certainly places where you can get that happen. and but then a lot of those places are getting priced out too and i, I some i remember i heard somewhere i read somewhere that yeah just that idea that obviously europe being so old, I'm just being to Europe where I am now, that those communities weren't necessarily built for cars. They were built for people because of uh, the history. And the United States being relatively young in that way, not not young in the way of indigenous people and things like that, but as far as you know, people coming and, and from overseas and settling was just built, you know, see the highways and everything yep. so, yeah for you yeah it totally makes sense i mean it does make sense and if yeah. you i mean yeah even if you have a if you have an old city over here in europe i mean and you need to use track i mean the only option is going to be you can't expand the roads right like and knock down the buildings so i mean the only option is to get people on bikes i mean i actually sorry it's super successful uh it seems successful anyway talking to friends in bucharest i mean they don't even have i mean they have winter like i was saying and even there they, they made you know bike paths all throughout the city and it's it works it totally works but yeah i guess, i mean the thing is i guess also everybody in the u.s is just used to getting the car right i mean it's a hard habit to change so there's not many communities where you have a maybe a significant amount of people that are up for making the shift to, to bikes yeah or or even walking <laughs> love hate relationship with the with the portion sizes as well <laughs> i mean yeah. i finally got a i got a um street going with working out again but uh-huh. it took a little while and when i came back from the states there was somebody came with me in my in my shirt i don't know there was like a whole extra yeah. uh-huh. little bit of me well it's either that or the uh, for me it's also the consumer stuff like by the time if i arrive in the u.s by the time i'm out of the airport in the u.s i've already seen more 
advertisements than I'll probably see in one month in Europe. So it's and and I, and I fall for it, right? I mean, I go to the US, I load up on all the stuff I need to get, and then it's funny because I'll in two weeks I I will buy everything I need for the year, and in Europe I will not. I will basically won't buy anything except for just total necessities. Yeah, like yeah. I won't order a single thing. And in the USA, you almost can't not do it. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's a, it's the <laughs> it's like yeah, the consumerist society. It just it, it just can't help but kind of impact you. I I remember showing my kids a football game last year. I think it was like the first time they actually were aware of and saw a, a f- football game. We were watching it online, you know, here in Norway. And even my kids were like, after 10 minutes, like, this commercial's all the time. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's very fair. <laughs> and then I saw something the other day and they were like, oh, we're in the red zone now. Sp- the red zone sponsored by... I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, you know, now a position on the field, like yeah. where the ball is on the field now has to be sponsored? Like, why does everything have to be sponsored? It's, yeah, it's right. it is pretty wild. It's, it's pretty like wild. Over the top, man. Yeah. It's just uh, anyway, you don't realize it when you grow up in it and then you step out of it and then you come back yeah. and you realize how sensational some of the attitudes are like in the news and um, yeah. just the media. It's just like this vibe that's just... Uh, I mean, I'm not hating. Not, listen, I love the states, but then some, yeah, some of this yeah. stuff—it's just like, it's just seems like over the top. I yeah. guess over the top is a good good explanation. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just, uh, yeah, every you know fireworks going off for everything, and it's just like I don't know. Maybe I've been uh, in this too easy. No, too but that's long. the thing. No, but I think it is. It's just, and I think yeah, for a lot of people, like just too easy. There's like almost too much time. Too much. You just you just got to create something. Spectacularly extravagant all the time, and uh, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. I mean, even when I go there, you know, and just yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking, like, I just literally get off the plane. I think even this time, I was walking to immigration, like ordering stuff on Amazon. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Just because I saw something, I was like, oh yeah, I do need to order socks. You know, stupid. Yeah, like, stupid. yeah. But there's also certain things that you like, and you can only get it there. And there's a bit of a part of that, yeah. right? There's like a it's like built in all the these marketing psychology, right? It's like built in uh, yeah. urgency. You know, you're only going to be there yeah. for so long. You got to get the stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm a perfect like, customer. Perfect customer. Because yeah, you buy this. Oh, I need this too. I need this too. I'm only here for two weeks. It needs to arrive by Tuesday. Next thing you know, <laughs> 17 boxes arriving. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> well, man, I, I appreciate all that you do. Appreciate your time here. You're an, you're an awesome ambassador for travel and just a great dude. So it's a it's just awesome to reconnect with you here. Uh, it's great um, talking to you, man. It's great. I really appreciate you having me on again. And um, yeah, it's always always great to catch up. For sure. Check out wanderingearl.com and then it's wanderingearltours.com, right? Is there anything else you want to share? Uh, people can find you or sign up for the travel newsletter. That's a good one. There you go. Yeah, sign up for the travel newsletter. And, and as I always like to say, like if you ever have any questions travel-related, you can always contact me through my website. I, I always respond. And uh, yeah, I definitely just, just love to chat with other people who are interested in travel, offer any advice that I can and cool. uh, help you out. We won't keep you from the beach any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the last good day here. <laughs> good luck with the citizenship thing. Thanks. Let's uh, have you back soon. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. I want to thank Derek for stopping by the show. Of course, check him out at wanderingearl.com. You can keep in touch with him. Would definitely recommend signing up for that travel newsletter. It's a great newsletter he sends out. And I appreciate 
him taking the time to come on and share an awesome list with us. Did you enjoy that? I love these lists. I love getting to learn from other travelers. That part of travel never gets old for me. I know some people get bored of the sort of hostile conversation, meeting other travelers. Where you been? Where you where are you going? What countries have you liked to visit? I love chatting with other travelers. <laughs> As you may have guessed by now, being I'm almost 10 years into this show and still loving it and loving you. Thank you so much for being a listener here, for being a member of this community. It means so much. And if you haven't gotten in touch, it makes my day to hear from listeners. Not only that, it gives me a chance to share your story or your tip, or your question, whatever you want to share with the listening community here and let you know that there are other travel lovers out there, other travel junkies around the world that are a part of this. And even though you might have your headphones on and you might just be doing this on your own, listening to this show, you're not alone. You're amongst friends here from all over the world. I love that. I love just thinking about that. I love to remind myself about that as I sit here talking to a microphone on a snowy day, but I know I'm not alone. I'm with you all and you all are with each other. It's a beautiful thing and I'm excited to kick off the 10th year of this podcast with a lot of destination themed episodes, as I mentioned. So be sure to subscribe if you want some more fodder for your bucket list or you just want to hear about some new places that you might want to discover. This is going to be a wonderful resource for you over the next coming weeks. Not every show will be destination themed, but a lot of them will be to kick off the new year. So I hope you enjoy that and always looking for your feedbacks. If you have any advice, guests you want me to bring on or anything like that, please don't hesitate to get in touch. I promise to add one destination to this list and I'm going to do that right now. I spent some serious quality time in 2006 in Argentina and... I am a super fan. You may have heard me talk about Argentina on the show before. It is a place I love. I had wonderful adventures there, some amazing memories. And although my wife and I were both there independently before we knew each other, I know she loves Argentina as well. I know it's a heck of a bargain right now in terms of the cost and what you can get for your money down there, depending on what currency you have and where you're coming from. So if you've never been to Buenos Aires or you've never been to Argentina, something you've thought about, consider adding that to your list, just another destination to throw on there. Like you don't have enough places you're dreaming about, got to throw in one more. And um, my mouth is salivating for some Malbec wine, even just talking about it. And those mountains, so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to reach into the old quote drawer to close this one out. This one is from Matsuo Basho. I hope the pronunciation police don't come and knock my door down because I have no idea if I pronounce these names correctly. But anyhow, here you go. Every day is a journey and the journey itself is home. Enjoy the journey that is the rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Peace and love to you and yours. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 